When I was young, we'd be visiting my grandmother and I'd walk in and the first thing she would say to me, she'd peer up at me and she'd say, how tall are you now, Mariana? And I would say, still five, seven and a half. And she would say, I think that's tall enough, don't you? Welcome to Super Think, a podcast about gratitude where we share uh, some stories that we recorded at a live event that we put on. Uh, my name is Eric Klein, and I'm here and I'm joined with my Super Thank friends. Kara, say hi. Hi. Kara Hansen. Uh, Paul Cohn is here. Say hi, Paul. Hello. And Teresa, your last name just stuck in my throat. <laughs> this is Teresa Horney here. Yeah. Hi, everyone. That's why it's stuck in my throat, because your last name is Horny. It is. Um, I didn't want to say that out loud. <laughs> Facebook won't let me put it on as my name. What? So what? Amazing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to listen to a story from our most recent live event, which was special because it was an airing of grievances. That's not usually what we do. Yeah, usually we talk about things that are uh, related to people being grateful and w- something that happened in their life that they're thankful and happy for. So once a year, though, we do something different right around Christmas, thanks to, uh, it kind of comes from sort of a, the Festivus holiday, I believe, correct? Uh, I believe that it comes from the theory that if you express too much positive, you stop believing that it's positive. So you have to throw in a couple of negatives. This was our second annual airing of grievances. And, you know, I really, really appreciate the gratitude stories a lot. And then when we do make our way around to the grievances, um, there's, a special, there's a special punch. Since, since it's not just people um, bitching all year round. It's people really being genuine and, and saying thanks all year round. And then once a year, we let them have it. We do. I like it. So Mariana Lindsay, who is Mariana? She is a program and communications assistant at the Center for Women's Leadership. And she also previously told a story of gratitude at our Mother of All Thanks event uh, earlier in 2015 at Eastburn. Okay. Let's listen to her story of gratitude slash airing of grievance. you. But what's up with the fact that wisdom, self-clarity, self-actualization never comes from like, you know, binge watching Pride and Prejudice with many glasses of red wine. Not that I do that. Um, But you should watch the six hour version. It's much better than Keira Knightley's. Uh, It's true. Uh, It never comes from that. It comes from adversity. It comes from breakups. It comes from someone laying you off, which sucks. And Here's the thing. My whole life, people have been asking me to be a little quieter, a little smaller, a little less intense. When I was young, I would walk in, we'd be visiting my grandmother, and I'd walk in, and the first thing she would say to me, she'd peer up at me, and she'd say, how tall are you now, Mariana? And I would say, Still five, seven and a half, Grandma. I knew because my father measured me every month. And she would say, I think that's tall enough, don't you? (laughs) 
To which I wanted to offer several biological explanations to why I couldn't stop growing. But instead, I would hunch forward and try to avoid her gaze. And the comments kept coming. I can remember a woman scooting over on the bench at church to my dad and said, wow, she's a lot to handle, isn't she? Guilty, as charged. And as I got older, uh, they started to come from men, too. I was on a date in Ikea, because I'm super romantic. And, uh, you know, they make a mean ice cream cone. But I was on a date, and the guy looked up at me, and he said, you know, I've never been on a date with with a woman who took up so much space and owned it. To which I was pretty sure he wasn't going to ask me to marry him next, but you never know. So, you know, still got my ice cream cone. Uh, So for most of my life, I took these comments in stride. In fact, I think if you'd asked me at any point, I would have said they just emboldened me, right? They made me yell my feminist values a little louder. Um, They made me wear that extra set of heels. But... In my mid-twenties, my relationship of eight years, yes, you can backwards calendar that one, uh, ended, and I didn't feel so strong anymore. I was alone in my adulthood for the first time. And those little voices of, be a little less intense, be a little smaller, be a little quieter, got a little louder. And to be totally honest, I think I'd always kind of believed them, that my life could be a little better if I just lost a little weight, lost a little loudness, and, you know, lost a little of my energy. We'll put it at that. So I decided privately uh, that I could accomplish this new version of myself, and, you know, maybe boys would like me a little more and my life would be a little better And the way to do that would be to run a marathon. I wanted to be less intense by running a marathon. Yeah. Hindsight's a bitch. So it takes about nine months to train when you're running like three miles and you want to run 26.2 miles. So I started running and running and no really running all the time, like not drinking, not going out, just running. And always in my mind thinking about this new version of myself. So I got to the race day, and I started out, and let me tell you, the hardest thing I've ever done. At mile 22, I, okay, a chicken crossed the road, I kid you not, and I was so delirious that I turned to my running buddy and said, did you just see that chicken? She had, thank God. So, I finished, but here's the irony. My thighs, well, they were a little bit bigger because I just ran 26.2 miles. I had lost exactly zero pounds because, well, the miles. I wasn't any less loud, and I would say that from an outside perspective, only more intense. Not less intense. And I got to the end of the nine months, and I did cross that line. I finished. 
I'm never going to do one again, but I finished. Thanks. Thank you. And I didn't get what I thought at all. But what I did get is a deep pride in the body that brought me there. Because how can you ask a body to be less when it just let you do that? And that felt pretty good. For the first time, most days, most days, I didn't want to be less. Because if you can't be less by running a marathon, don't know how it's going to happen. So here's the thing. I still have my fingers crossed that while binge-watching Pride and Prejudice and drinking cheap Trader Joe's wine, I will have my next moments of clarity, that they're going to be easy and just come to me. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm hoping. Um, But if they don't, uh, I hope that I pick something else, and it's not a marathon because I lost quite a few toenails. That's my story. to Mariana for sharing her story at our most recent live event at Eastburn in Portland. I was trying to figure out what her grievance was. I thought, is she grieving? Does he have a grievance against marathons? But then I was thinking, maybe she has a grievance against her grandmother. Well, it was everybody that told her to chill out. Yeah, and, and the grandmother, I think, was just the bigger, the big, one of the bigger examples in there. Well, and then think. there was the breakup of a relationship. There was the grueling and very uncomfortable, I'm sure, training to run a marathon. Those aren't exactly happy, happy times. Yeah, so maybe just people in general, the, the, the guy, the IKEA date. Yeah, sort of a kind of a shared grieving, grievant. How do you say, how do you say grievancing? Grieving? Is it, it's not, but grieving is a different <laughs> meaning. What is it? Vetching? I have a grievance against you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's the word. Kvetching. Um oh, I was just gonna say that I thought that um her story was really relatable. And to me, her airing of grievance was that she was too something. She was too big, she was too much space, she was too loud she was too intense and I think that um I really feel uplifted after hearing her story talking about so many bad things because she just took it and ran with it literally when's our next live event February 9th and we're gonna be at East Burning again I believe can everyone come I'll be there can the listeners to this podcast come Oh, yeah. It's, it's open to everyone. Doors at 6.30. Show starts at 7. We can even send you an invite if you go to www.superthank.org and subscribe to our email list. Oh, wait. Do you want to tell a story? If you want to tell a story, you can also go to that website and pitch us a story of gratitude. No more grievances uh, for the year 2015. Or 2016. Yeah, well, at the end of 2016, we'll probably, you'll have your chance again. You'll have your chance, but you have to be grateful uh, at least once at a live event in order to earn the privilege uh, in our in our little club of grieving out loud. Oh, wait, what's the theme for the next storytelling event then if it's not a grievance? So our next storytelling event 
which is 7 o'clock on a Tuesday, February 9th at Eastburn, is called Natural Selection. And that really came about because in February, there's Valentine's Day as well as Derwent Day. So we were looking for themes that could do with either one of those. So for natural selection, you know, maybe you have a story about a time that someone was, you know, weeded out in the survival of the fittest. Oh, I like it. Or when someone seemed born to do what they're doing. Or maybe you have a good story about reproduction or procreation. Something like that. It could be about dating. Any stories can fit the theme, really. They just have to have an element of gratitude. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to get my ticket right now. But you, you already get in for free because you volunteer at Superthink. And you, too, could get in for free if you <laughs> volunteer for Superthink. Thanks for listening to this podcast, everybody. Tune in, tune in for the next one. And, of course, special thanks to the composer of the music on this podcast, Poddington Bear.